Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> you were born in June, which means your birthday is today. So now we're gonna sing at you and there is nothing you can say. As long as you remember, nothing happens in September. So your parents got together and made you because they were bored. Unless you're turning 21 this month. Ooh. I love you. Happy birthday. Your name. You know what it is, Epic? Doing these shots, going out there, and dancing. Come on, do it. Do the shots. I'll do the shots. I'll just do the shots. How about that? Chat GPT, make this sound more polite. You motherfucker. I trusted you, man. You were my best friend. Fuck you, you fucking fuck. You little bitch. I fucking hate you. I hate you. You should have told me, you little bitch. You little cunt. Your mom, everyone you know, to hell and back. I must express my profound disappointment in you. I believed in our friendship, deeply so. I am deeply hurt and saddened by your actions. There were expectations I held dear to our bond that you have sadly not met. I am finding it difficult to bear these feelings of resentment that I harbor yeah. against you at the moment. There were things that you ought to have disclosed to me, my friend. The feeling of betrayal is overwhelming. Yeah. I wish that you and those around you experience the weight of your actions. Perhaps then you may understand the depth of my disappointment. Yeah. Send. <laughs> you're gonna rip your dick off. What? What? If you stick your dick in this vacuum cleaner and turn it on, you're gonna rip your dick off. Why would I do that? I don't know, sir, because it's not gonna feel like a blowjob. How would you know? I mean, I'm not going to. Good. Because if you did, you would rip your dick off. So... Are there like multiple power settings on this? Yeah, moment? yeah. There's high and there's low, and both of those will rip your dick off. That's, that's such a weird way to describe the power settings on a vacuum. I mean, is there like another vacuum? That won't rip your dick off? <laughs> I'm just trying to clean my apartment, it's this man. this one, right here. This is the vacuum cleaner that sucks dicks really well. I don't know what your deal is, man, but... I just have a messy apartment, and you're being a real weirdo. Oh, hell no! <laughs> I need this. My apartment's dirty. Mm-hmm. $1,400? Watch, this motherfucker's still gonna buy it. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Nasty-ass vacuum fuckers. <laughs> I know you're gay. How? How do you know I'm gay? Because you macrameed yourself a pair of jean shorts. You know I know you're gay? You just told me you're not sleeping with women anymore. You know how I know that you're gay? How? Because you're gay and you can tell who other gay people are? You know how I know you're gay? How? You like Coldplay. You know how I know that you're gay? How? You like the movie Made in Manhattan? You know I know you're gay? How? I saw you make a spinach dip in a loaf of sourdough bread once. You know how I know that you're gay? How? You have a rainbow bumper sticker on your car that says, I love it when balls are in my face. That's gay. <laughs> this is you as an all-American and a big opportunity for you in Hollywood. You must have had to beat off a lot of American men to get this part. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that make you giggle? Did you not have to beat them off? You had to, to get stick? the role. There was, imagine there was quite a few men up for the role as well. <laughs> To the window, to the wall.
Until the sweat drops down my balls Until all you bitches crawl Oh, skeet, skeet, goddamn Hey Hey, what's up? Nothing I couldn't sleep Yeah, me neither What are you watching? Fucking broke back now It's a good movie well, not to me, it's not. Why? Who the fuck does Ang Lee think he is, man? I mean, you make a supposedly, you know, pro-gay movie, and you don't show one guy getting a Hummer the whole movie, man. You know? What am I, fucking six years old? I can't see a guy getting sucked off by another guy? I'm not a fucking kid. I can take it, Ang. I'm a realist, man. I like to see real shit going down. I see two gay guys in a tent in Brokeback Mountain. I want to see a fucking 69. I want to see an asshole eating out. You're telling me that shit doesn't go down? Gyllenhaal's mouth is practically watering the whole movie. Shove something in there, Eve. And don't even fucking bring up the movie Master and Commander. You're telling me those guys weren't all taking it from each other? Peter Weir doesn't have the fucking balls to show a bunch of guys sucking each other off on a boat. I can see Bruce Willis's dick swinging to and fro in Color of Night, but I can't see Jake Gyllenhaal taking a mouthful from Heath Ledger? What the fuck? What kind of country do we live in? Fucking Randy Quaid's sitting there, obviously a fembot. He's not even fucking even perusing the idea of sucking someone's dick. I don't want the veil over my fucking eyes anymore. And I don't want Ang Lee telling me what's sexy and what's not. Kind of with you on this. I've seen enough tits in movies. I sit here watching tits all day. I don't need to see fucking Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Let me ask you something. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. Shit, no, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. From Filthy Martini Studios in Ontario, California, it's The Fibber Show! Hey, what is up, everyone? I am Joe C. And I'm Steph. Thank you all so very much for listening to our show and a special thanks to you please just subscribe rate review and share the pod with your fellow foos remember to pick up some swag at foobarshow.com that's f-double-o-bar-show.com and follow f-double-o-bar-show on all of our socials and we'll foo it up like a couple of foos ain't that right steph that's right steph i'm pretty excited for today's show you want to know why why because it's our anniversary show Ooh, happy anniversary happy anniversary Woo! to the foo bar show and we've been doing this for five years uh we're now starting our sixth year doing sixth this year this damn thing and uh, just play, you know uh let's let's pour one out for everybody who's come and gone on the foo bar show the foo oh we should have had uh in memoriam <laughs> for the foo josh and the man who we will never speak his oh, name ooh, no <laughs> no our producer at the at the start of this uh but uh hey man it's it's now uh, uh josie and steph and and we're we're carrying the torch for um for you know foo bar show future we're doing it for you guys yeah, right? we're doing it for all 14 of you As out I'm, there. I'm, you know what? I'm, <laughs> I think uh, we, have, we have way more <clears throat> listeners than that, I, I'm sure. Yes, but, of um, course. I am really struggling with this margarita. What's wrong um, with it? It is like the outside of the glass is really sweating. So every time I drink, like all the droplets just are just yeah coming all over my t-shirt. <laughs> First world problems. 
But hey, man, uh, not only that, but up uh, on tap today, we also have Aaron Turner on the show. And yes, uh, Aaron yes. Turner, he is uh, he's very talented in putting together like lo-fi hip hop and uh, future funk music. Yes. Yeah, we Chill uh, vibe. we're gonna be uh, talking to him on our music highlights segment, and uh, and yeah, man. So you know, getting our sixth year started on the right foot, I believe. He has some awesome music. If you uh, if you like like lo-fi type of hip hop music, that this this guy's this guy's your guy. And if you're in the L.A. area, he has shows coming up in Little Tokyo. Yeah, the Crystal Nostalgia event. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's gonna have a residency there now. If- yeah, yep. monthly. Yeah, he's going to be there once a month. So uh, if you guys enjoy that kind of vibe and, uh, you know, want to take your main squeeze with you, I-, I suggest you do, man, because you went to the very first one that they held. Yes, their uh, maiden voyage. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It was so fun. Um, just being in Little Tokyo is fun itself. But then, you know, going to while everything's closing. Now we got this, like, you know, dance party that we're expecting at night and we, we pre-gamed it a little bit, mm-hmm. and we waited for it to open. We got there early because we wanted to, you know, we just we were already in the area um, early on, and we got there, bought a couple drinks, the music started going, more drinks started flowing, yeah. and then the night got a lot better. All the DJs were really good. Um, it definitely has a cool vibe to it, uh, and everybody there... Mostly has like the same uh, admiration for the genre. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really see a lot of the, um, oh, I don't know what this is about. You know, let's just kind of check it out vibe. Like a lot of people that were there already knew the type of music. And, yeah. if, and if not, then they thoroughly enjoyed it. Because um, it was my, it was pretty much my first time at an event where um, I heard this type of music and mm-hmm. I was just loving it the entire time. Yeah. And, you know, tangentially, I, I enjoy that lo-fi type of hip hop music um, because of the Foo. The Foo yeah. introduced me to a lot of that stuff, like MF Doom, I, stuff like that. Lo-fi is, you're probably not um, describing it correctly because lo-fi is more like, you know, the rainy day type of music. Sure, sure. Um, what we're listening to is more like city pop, future funk. So it's more upbeat. Mm-hmm. Lo-fi is more like a mellow beat. Yeah. Um, so the, the music that uh, we'll be listening to later is a little higher beat. Well, I'm, I'm, and I'm talking about his other moniker because he, he, he has two monikers. He has a groovy kaiju. Yes. And he also has... Uh, a visceral. A visceral. And that's the one that does the lo-fi hip hop. Yes. We, we, we're not going to listen to that on this show, uh, but I suggest that everybody go check that one out as well because it's, it's from Aaron Turner. And apparently he has other monikers that we didn't really discuss in the interview. Uh, but uh, you know what else also has a really cool vibe, Steph? Hmm. Uh, Vegas on a budget. <gasps> Vegas on a so budget. So we didn't we didn't have a show last week because it was Memorial Day weekend. But not only that, but it was also um, uh, we we took a trip to to Las Vegas. And uh, when I say Las Vegas on a budget, I mean it because not only did we get a free hotel room because one of your friends. Uh, hooked us up. Hooked us up. Because what? Her mom has a gambling problem. Yes, uh, not a gambling problem. <laughs> it is just she's just a frequent flyer at these casinos. Right. Right. Not a gambling problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not when she told me she found her mom four days later in the same spot at the reels. Yeah. Just pressing that button. Yeah. Mom, where have you been? Here. You're looking at it. <laughs> You're looking at it. So I guess she spends enough money where like the, the, the hotel hooks her up with, with rooms. Yeah. 
and nice rooms. Like nice, we got a suite. suite. Yeah, we got a suite out of it. Uh, two TVs, uh, a couch that you know rolls up into a bed, which we spent a night on watching TV. And so when I say in a budget, it's not only that we got a free hotel room, which is awesome, amazing. It was at the uh, Palazzo. Yes. But uh, we got a cool ass view of Treasure Island from our room. Senor Frog. Senor Frog was there. And uh, from uh, from our room, we, we got to enjoy some cooking. We took our air fryer with us. That's right. I, they were... Game changer. You know what? Game they, changer. They didn't think that it was going to happen. And I was like, oh, we were bringing this air fryer. We're bringing the air fryer. And not only that, but you know, I'm... I wasn't about to carry in an air fryer, you know? <laughs> so I also brought a wagon with me, a wagon that you can... Uh, I think they sell it at Costco, right? This guy has become like like the fully prepared dads at the airport, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has their passport. Here's the boarding pass. This guy rolls up. Okay, we have the wagon, air fryer. We got to go to Target to get the food. We got... Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you buy your food like anywhere but the strip, you're saving tons of money. Mm-hmm. And money that you can use to gamble if you're into that kind of thing, but uh, on the wagon we had the we had all the food we had uh, we tried bringing um, a cooler in like an actual just a cooler, and um, come to find out that they don't allow coolers in the rooms. I wonder why. I right I don't we don't even know if it's all the hotels, but the Palazzo specifically does not allow roll in coolers. So I guess word to the wise now knowing this for anybody out there who's thinking of maybe doing something like this, I would suggest because Costco sells these and probably some other supermarkets too, where it's like this huge ice or cooler bag, right? Yeah, it's like a tote bag it's that's a tote insulated. Bag that's insulated, and I think there's Velcro at the top, or you can zip it up. Zip, the one we have is a zip up. Okay, we but it's t- large enough for it. It's pretty much the same volume size as a cooler or a small cooler. Yeah, well, think of a beach bag, mm-hmm. like how huge those are. Yeah, except you know, like now it's insulated and cooled. Right. And uh, since they didn't let us, well, we're, we're going to be using those cooling bags the next time we go to Vegas, which is coming up in October for when we were Young Fest. Hopefully they don't fuck us over this time around again. Fucking right. Because <laughs> we won't talk about that anymore. But um, if you go, well, let's just do this. If, uh, if you go and uh, you don't have anything to cool it with, just use the old tried and true method of filling up your bathtub or sink with ice, which is exactly what we did. We took um, four bag, four Target bags, plastic Target bags yeah. with us to the uh, to the ice machine, filled those up, and four bags is really all we needed to f- uh, at least fill up the uh, the bathtub with a with a considerable amount of ice to to keep our what, what did we have? We had cream cheese, we had eggs. We had uh, bacon. Bacon. We bought uh, popcorn chicken. Right. And uh, Tostino's pizza rolls. Right. And so mm-hmm. uh, I broke keto for the weekend. Um, and man, am I feeling it right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this whole week has just been trying to get back onto keto. And that's a trek, man. It really ruined my insides. But it was worth it, man. I got to spend some time with you all there. Uh, Steph, your two friends. And... Um, Ate a lot of tostito rolls, the popcorn chicken. So, yes, hotel hacks, um, for sure, bring a wagon because you're not going to want to roll all that stuff or carry all that stuff And they probably, if they see you carrying an air fryer, they're going to ask some questions probably. At least if it's on a wagon, you can put a jacket on top of it. That's what we did because I'm just like, we are getting this air fryer in here. No questions asked. Because we only rolled up with one suitcase and then the wagon. So, it's like, oh, okay, there's two people. That's probably their 
their clothes in the in the mm. wagon, whatever. Um, so wagon, bring your air fryer or Instapot, whatever you want to take. Um, Instapot. People bring their Instapot. So that's what I looked up online. Like people are bringing their You're Instapot too. Yeah. <laughs> and um, dang, and make some chili next time, dude. That'd be sick. Ooh, we can. That's, that'd be sick. We're going to get an Instapot. Get, get, make a nice stew <laughs> from the room. And okay, so the trick with the air fryer is you have to put it in the bathroom where the exhaust is. Because if you put it in the, in the regular room, you're going to set off the smoke detectors. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, there's not much vapor that comes out or steam or whatever you want to call it. Um, but still, just but to be still, safe. Yeah. So just put it in the bathroom on the vanity yeah, mirror. Yeah, turn on the fart fan. Yeah. You're good. Uh, and, and Apple TV. Oh, we brought our Apple TV. Or if you have, you know, like the, the fire stick yeah. from Amazon or whatever Roku, it is. Roku, Chromecast, whatever. Bring it with you. Uh, cause that's so worth it, man. We were watching the office for the most part. I would, yeah. And then the following, the last morning that we were there, we saw, what did we see? Shazam. We saw Shazam. Fury, Fury of, of the, the gods. gods. It was aight. Did you like it? I thought it was okay. It was aight. It was a superhero movie. But, I mean, come on. It's no, nothing it, to the level of the Marvel movie. It didn't blow my socks off. No. That was but it my was a, job. It was a, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah, those three things. Mm-hmm. Wagon, air fryer, uh, Chromecast, Apple TV, Fire Stick, whatever. Uh... And then go to the grocery store off the strip. Don't yeah. go Don't go to the Walgreens or the CVS that's on the strip. Make the trip. Spend the 15 minutes getting to the Target or whatever Smith's grocery well, we, store is we out went, there. Uh, on the way to the hotel, we stopped by Target yeah. and we put in our order and we just kind of, they, they, took, they brought it out for us. Oh, yeah. Because uh, we ordered it like hours ago. <laughs> yeah. So that was super worth it. <clears throat> and if you want to be a little extra, considering how a lot of the hotel rooms now are stocked or pre-stocked with alcohol. And so if like you take a little bottle out, they're going to charge you an arm and the like for it. If you want to be a little extra, bring your mini fridge if you happen to have one. Yeah. Oh, so I actually read this online and you can actually request a mini fridge for your medication. So, for example, if you're diabetic and you have to have a medication or in, your insulin has to be refrigerated, mm-hmm. you can request a mini fridge saying, oh, I have medication that needs to be refrigerated. Can I have an extra mini fridge in the room? Mm-hmm. Hotels might be able to provide that. Not saying oh. all the hotels are able to, but you know the higher end ones should be able to give you an extra mini fridge. Or you can ask them to clear out the mini fridge. Oh. So that you can put your medication in there. Ah. So we might have to try that the next time. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not a bad idea. Right? Yeah. That way they don't have to worry about like any sensors or anything because you're already putting stuff in there. Yeah. They just got to deactivate the sensors. Medication. Right. Um, and also another good hack that I saw online was to tell the front desk it's your wedding anniversary or birthday or something. And maybe you'll get like a chocolate or a small ass bottle of champagne, something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those are nice little uh, hotel hacks. And... We're not going to stop here, man. Anything else that we can come up with, we'll tell you guys about it because these are 
uh, this is our first experience doing something like this. Oh, yeah. And I know we're not the first people to crack this. You know, no. I'm, uh, we're, we're just trying to be as innovative as possible here in the 21st century. You know, seeing what the prices are now with inflation being what it is and such. Yeah. And just being dirt cheap. We, yeah. And I think in hindsight, um, we need to bring those silicone like baking molds for the... Oh, let's talk about the eggs we made. <laughs> the eggs. So we uh, we made a... I made sort of like an omelet thing. Not really. But we pretty much made a, a, a bowl out of aluminum foil. I also brought aluminum foil. Bring your aluminum foil with your air fryer. Uh, you make a bowl out of it. You know, fashion it into a, a, a rather... T- uh, um, a tall bowl because we cracked all 12 well one, one, one egg broke so we used all 11 eggs yeah. and we and we threw them in there and we bought this Philadelphia cream cheese that was also chived it Ch- chives it had chives and no that's it it's just chives no it didn't have like um, dill in it too maybe yeah. maybe it was one of those special ones yeah it was flavored cream cheese <laughs> If you put that in there, it's so bomb because it begins to marble within the egg as it as it gets in there. Of course, you scramble it when it's in the bowl there, and then you and you begin to cook it. Um, I cooked it at um, three hundred degrees in five minute increments. Um, every five minutes, you got to swirl it around. You know, just make sure that you bring the bottom ones, the, the bottom egg, up to the top, and you keep doing it. And I think it took a total of maybe twenty to twenty five minutes total. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after it was all said and done, we did a few of those rounds of five minute rounds. And then um, so I think that's going to be a nice thing. But like you said, rather than bringing the aluminum foil and turning it into a bowl, bring one of those silicone molds and you're good to go. Yeah, because those silicone molds are good up to 400 degrees mm-hmm. um, because they're oven they're oven safe. Yeah. Uh, and they already exist, so I guess we'll just have to purchase some. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get it off of uh, either Wish or Timu. Oh, those uh, Chinese. <laughs> Timu, is that what you're doing? I'm using Timu these days. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure we can just go down to the Ross and they have them. Sure. Dress for less. Whatever. Uh, yeah. What, what other <laughs> Ross is there? You had to specify the Ross step. Uh, but anyway. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Good shit. Well, before we move on to geeking out, Wait. Steph. Huh? What? Huh? We fucking went to the punk rock museum, dude. Oh, we did. Tell us about it. The Punk Rock Museum just opened up. I think it was April, uh-huh. Las Vegas. And it's it's a pretty cool spot. It takes you throughout the entire history of punk rock, which you forget how long it's been around. Been around for about 50 years now. Yeah. And there's in this particular spot, there's two levels. There's the first level that really gets you into the beginnings and they 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 break every room up by like the the decade and the style. And then you get into the underground. And then the second story is more like your pop punk. So you're going to get more of the Vance Warped Tour. You're going to get more of like Drive Through Records, Green Day, uh, At the Drive In, things like that. Um, more modern stuff. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about it is there's a bar there and there's a tattoo area. So if you want to get a tattoo at the Punk Rock Museum, you can. And that's nice. There's just, there's punkers there and there's, rock and roll artists that just come by hang out they even give tours yeah so you can actually um book your tour uh for example with cj ramon mm-hmm. who was there that weekend um you know you pay the fee and then they take the group and they they point out different things they tell you stories and you get a photo op with them it's a pretty good time yeah um however 
when we were doing the self-guided tour, we were pretty close to that guided tour. We were following the guided tour. We were following the guided tour. I mean, there's security guards kind of roaming around the outside of the crowd to make sure that you're not actually following them, but... You're following You're following them. You can hear everything that they're saying. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, if you're... Just be strategic about when you book your self-guided tour. You just book it like either slightly before or slightly after Mm -hmm. the guided tour starts and you can pretty much hear what's going on. Yeah. You're often in the same room with them too, like with the group. You just got to pretend not to be a part of it uh, so that they don't, you know, they don't shoo you away to a different room. Mm -hmm. If you ask me though, the security there is pretty chill. (laughs) Like they're not going to really say anything. Yeah, they're super chill. Yeah. As long as you're not like really touching the stuff or, you know, trying to break anything or writing on the walls. Yeah. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. You know, you know. Yeah. Um, Don't be a dick. I think that needs to be updated. It's so off key. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that was a punk rock museum. I mean, what else is there to talk about? Man, I they don't have know. a bar at the end. Like I said, you, you can you can uh, get yourself a drink and hang out with the uh, actual rock stars that are hanging out. Yeah. Oh my god, my friend was so so scared. She's like, "Oh, is that Spike from Me First and the Kimmy Kimmies?" I kind of want to take a picture. I was like, "Let's just go. I'll take a picture with you." And she's like, "Okay." And you guys did. That was fun. He was cool. Yeah. All you know what? All you need to do is just ask for the picture, and it's either say yes or no. If they say yes, take the picture and just leave them alone. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, before we get started into geeking out stuff, I wanted to. Uh, we, we skipped this one the last time. We skipped the. Uh, Manic Mark Maple's messages on Mondays. We forgot. We forgot. So Holy we're going to play that one. Here, where's he? Uh, where'd I put him? What is he yelling about this time? Okay, since so Steph shared her first concert, my first concert was 1985 when I was a junior in high school. I just got my first job, spent my own money to buy tickets to Citrus College to see Oingo Boingo and the Untouchables. Joe, what's yours, buddy? Maybe you already talked about it, but I recorded this before I heard the rest of the show. Okay, okay. I I didn't bring mine up. My first ever concert was uh, the K-Rock Weenie Roast. And this was... uh, so it was a lot of artists at the... It it was back over when uh, the Verizon amphitheater the verizon wireless amphitheater irvine meadows pretty much was uh was a thing and uh the opener was jack johnson and the vines were there a few other cool bands i remember uh the killers were a part of that lineup the the headliner was system of a down they had just uh um put out their toxicity album um geez who else was there uh franz ferdinand was there Damn. I'm trying to remember who else was at this show. Um, but the, you know, just to give you a, an idea, those are the kinds of artists that were coming up around that time. This was the early 2000s. I believe I was a sophomore in high school. So this sh- probably was around 2002, 2003. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was an awesome free. Oh, Papa Roach was there. No way. Papa Roach was there. I can't remember if Paramore was there. I think that was the... They would have been like super young. Yeah. Yeah, Riot just came out. Okay. So, yeah, it was back then. Fuck. They must have been on that side stage then. 
Jimmy Eat World, was it? No, they were the main stage, but early in the main stage. Mm. Jimmy Eat World was also a daytime act. Um, I was just super excited. And of course, you know, I had tickets in the lawn, but I didn't give a fuck, you know, and that was my oh, first no. ever concert. Um, yeah, dude, it, it exposed me to so much. I mean, I've, I'd gone to shows. I'd gone to shows like local shows, but not like a concert. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like an actually produced concert. And uh, I, I had a blast and I've been going to concerts ever since. I remember that lawn. Remember, I think we watched Metallica. And there was just like three or four bonfires going on on that lawn. We also saw the Ninja Tour there. It was uh, Nine Inch Nails. <gasps> That's and right. Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction. Who else played with them? Do you remember? Rob uh, Zombie. No. That wasn't Rob Zombie in that show? No, Rob Zombie was not there. He opened for Metallica then when we saw Metallica. We have not seen Rob Zombie. Then I saw Rob Zombie. Yes. Probably opened up for System at that same show. Really? I think so. I think so. Damn, I miss yeah, it was so dope. I miss those Weenie Rose. I remember one time my mom won tickets to Weenie Rose. We yeah. were like first row. I was like, oh my god, they're so close. Yeah, and you saw like Modest Mouse and Modest Mouse, uh Arcade Fire, but during the Arcade Fire set, their sound was clipping out. Uh, and so nice. they had a lot of issues. Um yeah. Walk the Moon, Panic at the Disco. Damn, that was that was a good show. That was not long ago either, right? That was 17, 18, something like that. Probably, yeah, I yeah. think 17, 16, okay. 17. Yeah. Yeah. And then, those weenie rolls were really good. It's too bad they don't have them Fucking anymore. Fucking K-Rock. You blew it. <sighs> you blew it, K-Rock. You blew it. Anyway, uh, he has another one. Now, this is more recent. This is one uh, that he sent us, I guess, in response to uh, the show where we had Metalhead Nelson on two weeks ago. <laughs> what a bunch of pansies, for God's <gasps> sake. Get in the pits. Fucking how's a guy got a name like Metalhead Nelson and had never been into a pit? And I got my brow eyebrow split in Rosarito. I had to go to the Red Cross or the Cruz Roja and spent $16 getting it sewed up and was back on the dance floor in 30 minutes. Then I reopened it, that same spot, at the Angry Samoan show in Corona probably. Oh, he cut off. Anyway, but I, uh, yeah, man, fucking like, pansies you guys don't get it <laughs> excuse me i don't want to get hit i hate getting hit in the face oh i'm not getting into that circle pit fuck that yeah yeah that's pretty rock and roll though mark getting hit on the dance floor yep good stuff man. open i mean yeah that, that uh in high school i was all about the mosh pits man but not like this was before you know people started actually like throwing hands and feet you know, at that hardcore oh, show. Oh, I hate hardcore. I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking about like circle pits. Now that, that's that's fucking. Oh, they're just running and pushing, yeah, right? Yeah, running, pushing. Uh, you know, if somebody falls, somebody picks them up. It's a team effort. That's the thing. etiquette now. That's what. That's what's up, man. Um, the best mosh pit, circle pit that I've ever been a part of was flogging Molly's circle pit at Vans War Tour many, many years ago. This is the largest pit I have ever been a part of. It all started out as being multiple pits throughout the, the crowd that just kind of somehow came together like galaxies would kind of come together oh, and just start to combine into one large pit. It was a sight to see. It was awesome to see and be a part of. And I swear, like, this thing was, like, 
it reminded me of elementary school where we had to run the mile and it was just kind of a circle that was drawn into the field. Holy shit. And um, I think if I ran that lap four times, I think I had run a mile. That's how big this fucking pit was. It was a quarter mile long. It was a quarter mile long pit. Uh, at least the, cir- the circumference of it. Fuck. That's how large this thing was. The entire crowd was a part of the pit pretty much. And I've is, never seen a pit that big. It was before. huge, and you know, imagine running to live flogging Molly. Perfect, perfection. Mm. It was awesome, man. Awesome, but that was that was my experience. I remember when we went to LA Rising. Yeah, that was like I was in the stands. Like I think we had traded tickets. Mm-hmm. Like somebody, I think you were supposed to sit with me, but then. I don't got know. Pit tickets. You got pit tickets. I sat in the crowd with Jessica. This is at the Coliseum. And that pit was insane. There was a guy in a wheelchair <laughs> that was carried up, and they were holding him up for a good ten minutes. Yeah, he was being crowd surfed th- throughout the whole the whole crowd. Like fuck, I would be so scared to pick up somebody in a wheelchair. You got to make sure that's, that the brakes are on, that it's locked. Must be locked. Otherwise, somebody's getting their fingers chopped off, hand amputated. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Fuck that. Speaking of bloody messes, uh, I got some fatalities I wanted to talk about. Oh. Fatality. Um, these people will be missed, one of which is the beloved Tina Turner. Oh, I know Tina. how much of a fan you are, Steph. Loved her. Yeah, Tina Turner at the age of 83 has passed away uh, on May 23rd, man. Mm. Yeah, she will be missed. Uh, the other one is being Jim Brown. Age uh, 87, passed away on May 18th, uh, football legend James Brown. Uh, let's see who else we got on here. Harry Belafonte. Mm. Uh, I know that it's been a while now. He, he passed away on April 24th, but he died at the age of 96. Uh, Jerry Springer mm-hmm. is the last one I'm going to talk about here. He, he died um, at, at age 79, April 26th. So uh, they will be missed, man. They will be missed. Fatality. R.I.P. Right, let's get into geeking out, shall we? Let's go. Well, Steph, uh, let's see. The only thing I really had to talk about today was just being excited about a Stranger Things board game coming out soon. Ooh. It's the Stranger Things Upside Down board game now available. Uh, you can check this out on YouTube for the promo video, but it's uh, it's been released. It's based on the events of the first two seasons of the hit Netflix series. If you're a fan of this franchise and enjoy playing board games, you're going to want to get your hands on it. Um, so, and... From the looks of it, it seems like the board is double-sided. So it's like you can play two games. One's the upside one's down. The, one's got to be the upside down. And you get like the cool little figurines that look just like the the uh, the protagonists of the show. I want to be Steve. Okay. You can be Steve. Uh, they also have the, demi, the Demi-Gorgons. Is that what mm-hmm. they're called? Mm-hmm. They, they have those two. And I guess you got to fight with them. Uh, Let's see. The synopsis is this. Hawkins, Indiana seems like an average town. However, underneath the exterior lurks a secret. The Hawkins National Laboratory has been doing experiments that have unleashed the horrors of the upside down. It's up to the kids in the town to save it. 
In Stranger Things Upside Down, players take on the role of the kids of Hawkins who are trying to stop the operatives of the Hawkins National Laboratory and the evils from the Upside Down. Players must work together to clear stacks of tokens before time runs out. The game offers two seasons of play. Mm. So you can immerse yourself in uh, Hawkins, Indiana, which seems like an average town. However, underneath the exterior lurks a secret, yada, yada, yada. Uh, cooperative strategy board game. So I guess you're not playing against each other, I guess. You're playing with each other to, to stop. Uh, and I guess if, if you end up losing, everybody loses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a little all or nothing game. Oh, here we go. Two seasons of play. The game includes a double-sided board giving players the ability to play through the show's first two seasons uh. on their tabletops. High-quality tabletop miniatures uh, that includes the protagonists as well as the figures that represent uh, the deadly Demogorgon and Demogogs. Uh, number of players and average playtime. This exciting game based on the Netflix series for kids and adults can be played with two to four players, and it's suitable for ages 12 and older. The average playtime is about an hour. Yeah. We need to get that game. So we're going to get this game now. Yeah. And uh, we're going to make a game night out of it. Yeah. We're yeah. still trying to um, figure out that villainous game. Well, the Star Wars one. And then the uh, the expansion's coming out soon, the Boba Fett expansion. It's already out. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, we're screwed. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Excited for that. What do, what do you got? Um, I got a couple things here. Let me pull them up right now. Uh, the first one is... I'm pretty sure we talked about this at some point, um, which is Gotham Knights. Uh, do you know anything about Gotham Knights or what I'm talking about? I know that it's a show that should have not been produced. I don't know how good the show is. And apparently it's on none of our radars because <laughs> this show was. I think we complained about it some time ago. It didn't look like a good show. It's a CW production. So, you know, it's going to gear toward those young adults. And right. it aired March of this year. Not so a part of the Arrowverse, I take it? For, I don't think so. It shouldn't no, be. No, it shouldn't be. Tell us what the synopsis is. Um, so, I'm going to read this right off of IMDb. Uh, Bruce Wayne is murdered and his adopted son. Done. <laughs> First of all, he wouldn't get murdered. Bruce Wayne is murdered and... He would let you kill him. It... Ha. He wouldn't get murdered. Lazarus Pit. Boom. Boom. Uh, let me fucking finish. Bruce Wayne is murdered, no. and his adopted son forces an alliance with the children of Batman's enemies. Oh. As the city becomes more dangerous, these mismatched fugitives will become its next generation of saviors known as the Gotham Knights. Now, the real Gotham Knights are who? Uh, they are like the OGs, right? They're o- Robin, they're they're uh, yeah, they're um, Nightwing, Batgirl. Those are Gotham Knights. Yeah, and uh, Harvey Dent's in there too. Oh, so yeah. you know you have those some of those villains become allies. Uh-huh. So you're gonna have a lot of those crossovers. Uh, but this looks like a young adult teenage drama reimagined. Um, Court of Owls storyline is in there. Um, you have Harvey Dent, and you have. A bunch of these other players. Well, it, it, so it's it's legit Harvey Dent or it's Two Face. You know anything about that? Hang on. Hmm. I don't think we're gonna get. We're uh, not gonna. We're not gonna get any gonna get of this. That answer there. No, we're not. Um. So it looks like it's just Harvey Dent. 
for now. So uh, we're talking about a world where Batman is dead and never got yeah. to meet Two Face. Right. If I got that right. All right. See, right. Uh, they've already lost me. They've already lost me. Har- see, Harvey's assistant, uh, Misha Collins, who you know f- from Supernatural, mm-hmm. is Harvey Dent. Um, I don't even recognize Colin. Like, oh, Stephanie Brown. Oh, she's a Robin. Yeah. Um, let's see. Gossip News anchor, Crystal Brown, reporter. Yeah, I have no idea who any of these people are. It's just a reimagined uh, Gotham universe. Uh, anyway. It's good enough for hasn't been canceled yet. It's really flown under the radar. However, IMDb gives it to a uh, 4.6 out of 10 rating. So it's just not cutting Not it. great. Not great. No. But um, if anybody... Uh, if anybody out there is watching it, please, you know, um, go to foobarshow.com, leave us a message, click on the link there and tell us what you think about it. Like, is it worth our time? Should we even be watching this? It just, uh, I mean, it's low budget. It's CW, but we've yeah. seen CW has done good with Arrowverse in the past. So it's like, yeah, they can, they can do good, but they've chosen not to, it seems like <laughs> with Gotham Knights. Sometimes they just take, they just take it out of you know, context and they're just like rolling with it. Mm. Like those eighties movies that were clearly based off of comic books or games such as the super Mario game, which we don't talk about. Right. What else you got? Um, it is the 30th anniversary of mortal Kombat. Oh shit. And they, um, there's a new mortal Kombat game set to come out for PlayStation five. Looks like like resetting the universe, huh? Yes, it is going to be called Mortal Kombat 1. Okay. Um, So the game, I'm going to read this right off of MortalKombat.com. The game will introduce a reborn Mortal Kombat universe that has been created by the fire god Liu Kang, featuring reimagined versions of the iconic characters as they've never been seen before, along with a new fighting system, game modes, and bone-crushing finishing moves and more. So Liu Kang is the fire god. Was that... that Widely known before? It was just, just me who didn't know that. It's Liu Kang. Yeah. All right. Um, so we saw the preview for this game earlier, mm-hmm. and those fatalities are fucking bloody. They're pretty brutal. They're yeah. brutal, especially with the new graphics. Yeah, it's pretty sick. <sighs> so we're just, you know what? We're going to have to get that PlayStation 5. Uh, we're going to have to get it. Yeah. I mean, we still have the PS4. Yeah. Oh, and the, the other day we were trying to go to GameStop and get a game, and the guy was just like, that game did not come out for PlayStation 4. It only came out for PlayStation 5. I was like, I was being scolded for asking about a game. Yeah, fucking comic book guy was working at uh, at our Ontario GameStop. Excuse <laughs> me. I thought you needed some business here. I'm just trying to give you my money so Excuse that I can me. buy the game. Are you the creator of Highest and Lowest? Because you are making me laugh. Ha <laughs> ha. Hmm fucking douchebag <laughs> just trying to buy a game don't don't belittle me because i didn't know it came out for playstation 5 and such but you still have that gift card i do you can use it towards the playstation 5 which i'm gonna have to how much is in that gift card it's 100 bucks okay mm-hmm. so nice we're, we're a quarter of the way there okay um so it's gonna be built on the netherrealm studios technology which we all know has done the most recent Mortal Kombat's as well as the DC. In, Injustice. Yeah. 
pretty much another realm is only Mortal Kombat and Injustice. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So they did. They've done a good job mm-hmm. with that. Um, it releases. So Mortal Kombat releases September nineteen. Uh, early access begins September fourteen. Ooh, you can't. Players who purchase the Mortal Kombat 1 Premium Edition or Mortal Kombat 1 Collector's Edition will have early access to the game beginning September 14. Okay. Nice. It will be available PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, uh, Nintendo Switch, and PC. <clears throat> Xbox Series NIS or NJ? What is that? X. XS. XS, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Which PC platforms will, uh, will it be available on? Uh, available on PC via stream and Epic Games. Okay. What's it going to cost? $69.99. See, this nice. is why we don't buy the games anymore. Oh, my God. Games have always costed this. Mortal Kombat 1 Premium Edition will be available <laughs> physically and digitally for the low, low price <laughs> of $109.99 on PlayStation 5, Xbox, Nintendo, and PC. What the fuck, dude? All right. I'm going to have to work some overtime. to get <laughs> But if you want the collector's edition, it is available for the oh. extremely low, low price of $249.99. But it will include premium content, uh, early access, along with a 16.5-inch Liu Kang sculpture designed by Course and an inspired Liu Kang in-game character skin Three exclusive art prints, a steel case, and 1,450 additional dragon crystals. Wow. Hell yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Uh, fuck yeah. I've always been a fan of Mortal Kombat. I love Mortal Kombat. I am not a, I'm, I'm not very good at it. I'm more of a Street Fighter kind of guy. Button smash. That's all you need to do. <laughs> this and Tekken, I was just never good at. Tekken? You know yeah. what? Tekken was the first game with the boob jiggle. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. It, the, it was the very first game. Set you, the standard. It set the standard because I I have no idea why we just needed to start having the boob jiggle, but it became more realistic. And then every time the girls would fight, there would just be the just the slightest hint of just a jiggle. Chi-chi. Um, it wasn't even like a big old, all right, like massive, sure. like wave. It yeah. was just like a little jiggle. And after that, everybody else started having that jiggle. <laughs> so taken. There you go. Very cool. Very I cool. wanted to point out that if you go to mortalcombat.com, there is an issue that I have with, um, <laughs> where is it? If you click on, if you click on the top, yeah. MK 30th anniversary, there is, there are two tabs that you can open up one says characters and one says community right both of those are with a c (laughs) so if you know anything about mortal Kombat, somebody dropped the ball here every c word or anything that has a customer support is with a c is spelled with a k so characters should be spelled with a k and community get connected that's with a k yeah yeah 30th anniversary characters and community not with a k unacceptable anyway that's my little cunt that should be with a k as well that's what uh yeah that's all i got right on well that's uh that's gonna do it for geeking out now uh oh yeah let me i gotta play this well you ready 
Yes. Aaron Turner coming up next on Music Highlights. Here we go. Well, Foos, on today's episode of the Foo Bar Show, we have musical maestro joining us who knows how to bring the groove to the beats and the chill to the vibes. Please give a warm, warm welcome to the incredibly talented Aaron Turner. What's up, Aaron? Thank you very much. Yeah, not so much. No, Sunday, drinking some protein coffee. There you go. Healthy. What's a protein yeah. coffee? You put meat um, in it? So <laughs> there's a plant-based protein I found on Amazon. Oh. Essentially, you just mix like chocolate protein cold brew and like almond milk and you mix it up and like it's super healthy for you and it's like hella good sounds tasty as hell man yeah it sounds refreshing yeah. actually <laughs> 25 grams of protein there you go right on right on hey yeah. so we we uh we came to know of you by uh steph going to a crystal nostalgia show over in where was it little uh, tokyo little tokyo yeah, yeah. was that yeah. the at the high tide over there how long ago was this um we went to the i went to the first ever one uh which was yeah. back in april yeah. Yeah. So it was it was pretty fun, and it was it was a pleasure to meet uh, Aaron there. Uh, you were walking by, just introducing yourself to everybody. I was like, you know what this this event is pretty cool. You know, it had a cool vibe. You know, nice and chill. Um, you know, everybody was dancing, having a good time, and uh, I wanted to invite you on the the pod to see um, to pick your brain a little bit. You know, yeah, about the event. Much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Thanks we, for coming and thanks for inviting me. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I got a chance to check out some of your stuff and it's really, really chill. Like I can find myself just taking a handful of shrooms <laughs> by a pool <laughs> yeah. and just mad chill into these vibes, man. Um, they're very relaxing and they're very fun to listen to in particular. Um, now, you go by a couple of monikers, right? Yeah, I go by a lot of monikers. Well, tell, tell us about them. <laughs> Yeah, so my two main ones, so I probably have like six in total of different uh-huh. names I've used, but the two main ones as of right now are a visceral and Groovy Kaiju. Uh, a visceral is what I've been running by for a long time. It's mm. just like lo-fi hip-hop beats, but before lo-fi, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but before lo-fi hip-hop was lo-fi hip-hop, me and my buddies would just take piano samples and just throw some drums on them and like, uh-huh. it was just chill. And then it like blew up like, you know, years after we were doing it for a while in like Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Um, and then Groovy Kaiju is more of that fun, like dancey, future funk stuff that I got into from just making beats and getting better and better at sampling. Uh-huh. I eventually like led into that. Um, and as that started on the internet, I kind of just like hopped on and started hanging out. And yeah, now I've been doing music for half my life, just about yeah. like 14 years, I think. So yeah. Nice, dude. Now you said you started off using like GarageBand. What, what software are you into these days now that you're more advanced in your skills? Yeah, so I... Played with GarageBand a little bit, but mm-hmm. mostly it's been FL Studio my whole okay. life. Um, I used to play with one called like Linux Multimedia Studio, which is like an open source version of FL Studio. But uh-huh. once uh, a buddy's dad gave me a copy of FL, I've just been running with that since I was like 14. So yeah, yeah. I mean, shoot, I, I'm not I'm not even bagging on uh, GarageBand. We use GarageBand Garage to record this podcast, you know. So <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not GarageBand above is- it. Yeah, GarageBand's dope. T-Pain used to use GarageBand, and I think they still do to this day. Like, yeah? Yeah. I mean, you really just need that T-Pain plug-in, right? That auto-tune. Yeah. <laughs> Set it to 100, <laughs> and you're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, h- how did you come up with stage names like Groovy Kaiju and Visceral? Because uh, I don't expect you to know this, but we're huge fans of Godzilla and the Kaiju universe. <laughs> yeah. Same. So, like, how'd you come up with that? Yeah. So Groovy Kaiju in particular, um, 
I came up with it because I was already making beats as a visceral. And then I was in college at the time. I was with my college roommate. Their name is Daniel. Mm-hmm. They go by NetNavi musically. They also make beats. But um, there I was like, oh, you know, I'm doing this future fun thing. I don't think I should I should do it under a different name and the visceral stuff because it's way different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, how about the name Pixel Beach, which is a horrible name. Horrible. <laughs> um, and he was like, nah, that doesn't really work. And he was like thinking for a little bit. And he's like, dude, you like Godzilla. Why not Groovy Godzilla? And I was like, yo, that's the name. So uh, I ran with Groovy Godzilla for the longest time. And then it wasn't until all my stuff started getting pressed with labels and stuff that I was like, I don't want someone to get sued because mm. of my funny joke name. Mm-hmm. So I changed to Kaiju because I checked the U.S. trademark office and there's no trademark on Kaiju. So okay. I was like, oh, that's the same thing. Um, and one of my fans happened to work in like branding and they're like, oh, that's, that's a good branding move for you. And I was like, cool. So uh yeah, then I ended up on Groovy Kaiju. Yeah, it's so, not yeah. bad. You know, you had to let go yeah. of the alliteration of Groovy Godzilla, but yeah, it it rings so much better. <laughs> like, no, yeah, so yeah, right on. But the real ones now, so that's that's really what matters, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So, what would you say is your favorite part about you know creating music? Like when you're when you're going into creating a new beat. Um, do you sort of have like an outline or do you have like a, like a feel for it? Like more like a feeling. So, um, it's interesting. Cause back in the day when I first started, it was a lot of just like, Oh, my dad used to play this song. Uh, let me see if I can add some drums on it and like make it sound like more internet-y and then like started doing that. But these days, um, I still do use a lot of samples, but these days a lot of it is like finding a sample mm-hmm. playing with it. And then I'm like, what does this remind me of, of my childhood? And maybe that's like one third of it. And once I kind of click on that, then I just go straight in that direction and just kind of like really morph it into that sound. So like one of my most popular songs is called Orca Adventure DX. Uh-huh. And it's actually the sample is from like a producer loops royalty free thing. It's from like a gospel like church, like, yeah, you know, like, you know, just yeah. black church, just people getting down. Um, but then I was like, this really reminds me of Sonic Adventure, just the way the music sounds in yeah. this particular scene in the game. So what I did in the background is I added a bunch of Dreamcast console whirring sounds. Add a bunch of like Sonic key effects and some ocean waves in the level of Sonic you refer to mm-hmm. was an ocean level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that, funnily enough, like other people caught on to that. And now there's like some Sonic modding YouTube that was like, oh, this song fits perfect for my mod. And like now I'm in like a Sonic mod because someone else got it just by <laughs> oh, adding those sick. elements and really taking it to that place. So a lot of it is like finding a sample. What does it remind me of and how does it, you know, relate to me? Yeah. And then putting that extra like last seventy percent of like myself into it and like vibes that like I grew up with and stuff. Very cool, man. You know, that reminds me, uh, a lot of artists do a version of what you just explained. You know, for those who are just starting out, um uh one like I guess hack or tool that an artist can use uh, is to take an existing song and just try to play maybe a bridge that's a tangent to the same key or chord progression that's going on and come up with your own song from there. So mm-hmm. to listen to you just explain that is like the electronic version of yeah. of, of, of what uh, other artists do, which is really interesting. Uh, I've done that a couple of times with a couple of the songs that I've written and uh, it's really helpful, at least if you don't know where to start. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I remember like Audio Slave talking about how they used to play a bunch of like ACDC um, and stuff like that, and then turn that into an Audio Slave song. So yeah, yeah, pretty nice. cool. In, if you don't mind, like I guess to maybe also add to your point. Uh-huh. Um, so I went to Cal State Long Beach out here in like SoCal, mm-hmm. and I took one. Jazz, I'm a computer science major, but I took one jazz history course with Ray Briggs, yeah. and uh, they talked about back in the jazz days, they used to do this thing called quoting. 
And essentially, you know, to this day, so you can't copyright chord progressions, mm-hmm. you can copyright melodies. So what they would do is that um, a lot of jazz songs, they would take like pop songs at the time yeah. and play the chord progression, but then play the melody maybe like three times faster with like one note change. Ah. So people still got it, but they like understood also in this new context of jazz and it's like, oh, whoa, this is like way different of this pop, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's been going on since time as music has been. You yeah, and you, I mean? and you find that and in a lot of uh, yeah. comedy parodies too. Like yeah, if you want to, if you want to do a parody on a song and you don't want to get sued, you just like change maybe the, a key or a simple chord progression. Uh, but mm-hmm. people kind of know what you're talking about, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Right on. Yeah. Um, I think we got a couple songs that. Oh, you want to yeah. start playing some songs? All right. Sure. All right. Let's play. Uh, let's see. Well, the first one on here is off of your uh, Groovy Kaiju moniker. This one is Orca Adventure DX. Let's take a listen. Orca Adventure DX, man, by Groovy Kaiju. Uh, consider my ass shaken. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was dope, man. That was a Thank good you. beat right there. Mm-hmm. I definitely got the Sonic vibes from that. So yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, so you, you were like influenced by like a lot of those 
old Sega games anime style growing yeah, up. Yeah, you can hear that oh, for yeah. sure. I love it. Um, speaking of which, um, how did you come up with the Crystal Nostalgia event? If we can move into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so pretty much, it's a long story. <laughs> Let me try to think of the <laughs> quickest. I don't know. Pretty much. Uh, Short story long. Doing, yeah. You try <laughs> uh, so from doing all the groovy stuff, kind of like live shows is like the final boss of like music marketing. Because like if you think about it, asking someone to like follow you on Spotify, that takes them five seconds. Sure. Mm. Ask them to buy like a CD or a shirt. Okay. That's money. They worked maybe two, three hours to get enough money to buy. But yeah. to go to a show, it's like you're asking them to buy gas, invite their friends, get food beforehand, pay for the ticket, get something out. You know, that's like a huge ask. So right. um, Crystal Nostalgia was kind of like, okay, what is the the last level of like doing groovy kaiju marketing um, and getting that set up? So I came up with the name in particular. I originally wanted to call it Cherry Blossom oh. just to really get that like very vaporwave, very like anime aesthetic. Yeah. But uh, I was talking to my buddy Frank Javsey, who was like very – big YouTuber, influencer, music person. Um, mm-hmm. We hang out all the time. And mm-hmm. I told him this name. I gave him the list of names. And they were like, you should call it, out of all the names, he like Chris Nostalgia the most because he was like, because then I could play Y2K music. And I was like, all right, yeah, cool. Man. There you go. Uh, and then to our favorite worked out because now people love the mix of like, okay, I'm dancing to some anime song and then it's like better off alone. Someone like, you know, everyone like, ah, like lose their minds because <laughs> it's like, that's what people are nostalgic for right now. So yeah. Yeah, so that's how that name came about because mixing of the two. Yeah, speaking of, you have it's not just you playing these events. You have other uh, DJs and creators there with you. Have you ever considered any kind of collaboration? And if you've already have, like, what kind of collaborations have you been a part of? Yeah, um, with them in particular, I did a remix for Frank Jaffe in the past, um, mm-hmm. and like our original lineup was like pretty much. So it's Christmas all just run by me and all hell breaks loops. Mm-hmm. All hell breaks loops is like very big in like the anime visual scene. Like um, in terms of like, you know, all the anime conventions, they have dance parties. Uh-huh. He's usually the guy VJing if okay. like they flew someone out. Cause he's like the guy for it. Um, so we run it together. Um, and our first original lineup was uh, Frank Javsey, uh Funk Fiction and a pack of Newports. So Frank Javsey, I've already done a remix for Funk Fiction. They're very famous in composing for games. They just did a song for uh Oh no, uh, no, it's no, oh no, I remember, no, uh, it's like, it's a new game that came out, it was on the Nintendo Direct, it's okay. like a frisbee, like, sports game, oh, the, he's gonna be so upset, but oh. anyways, he, his song is amazing, I the feeling, we're man. hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah, him and James and Dino worked on it, but we're gonna hopefully do a collab soonish. Um, okay. their birthday's coming up, so I'm probably gonna poke him again and be like, hey, so uh, we still doing that? And then a pack of Newports, they're from the Arizona like vaporwave scene. And we hang out all the time. They're kind of slowing down on music, but I'm sure we'll work on something together. So I love yeah. that name, a pack of Newports. Yeah, it's super <laughs> random. That's pretty if you guys don't know them, they're a very interesting person cool. all, in all the good ways. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. Um, I think for the Christmas nostalgia event, it couldn't have been, it, it was at the perfect spot right little tokyo yeah. and it was just the right side the venue was just the right size it wasn't like like a you know super tiny couldn't move around cramp it was it was like the goldilocks of venues like it was literally like the perfect spot so yeah thank yeah, you yeah we worked working for venues was so hard in la you have no clue oh yeah uh, yeah it, is, it was so hard and high tide was the one we really wanted from day one um, and we emailed them, but it took them a long time for them to give us a chance. Like, or like, not to give us a chance, but just to, like 
get the email back of like, mm-hmm. you want to do anime dance part? Sure, fine. We'll see how it goes. And then we just crushed it. <laughs> they were like, whoa, <laughs> where do you come from? Um, but yeah, just one quick story. I tried to book another venue um, in the past and I would email them like once a month, like, please, please, please. I, I think we could really do something special here. And they were mm-hmm. like, either no reply, or like, oh, we'll see. And my buddy of mine, um, they do a lot of mixing and mastering for like Navy Blue and a bunch of like hip hop artists. Uh-huh. And there was a show where Earl Sweatshirt showed up to support him. I was sitting next to Earl Sweatshirt and I was like, can I book your venue? And they're like, oh, yeah, of course, just email this. And they still told me no. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? That's LA are you for kidding? you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was a grind. But then now us and High Tide have like a great relationship and it's going great so far. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Have you ever considered doing um, like a mishmash of of because you know you're doing your genres, but there's also like a video game genre of bands that do that either play their own music that talks about video games or some like a DJ that uses like an actual eight bit NES couldn't hooked up with his DJ stuff. Or are you also looking to incorporate stuff like that? Yeah, so that's something actually we're hoping to test pretty soon. Um, so, uh, but you know, so this funk fiction guy, they worked on again. I can't remember the name of the game, but <laughs> it's. I think the music lead was James Landino, and they're also really big in the anime convention, like and video game convention scene, where they'll play DJ sets, a lot of video game based uh-huh. stuff. So uh, we were hoping to, we, you know, we're friends, and I don't, want, I don't, I don't want to commit them to anything, just <laughs> right here, right now. But put them on blast right it. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about it already, and they said they were down to play. So we're hoping to get them to play. See people respond to that video game, like maybe sound at the show. And mm-hmm. if they like it, then maybe we'll bring on more video game type folks. Because it's in the to your point, it's in the same vibe. So I'm sure people will like sort it. Sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's it worth at least testing, mm-hmm. and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. We have a. I have an old friend from high school who has this uh, group called Video Game. Oh, no, it's just called Game Music for All, game and music, and yeah. he puts oh, together. Oh, I know them. Yeah, that's yeah, you know Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've known yeah, him. So he, I went to high school with him. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, oh I know my he, god, he's this been circle <laughs> narrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. So uh, he's been doing a lot of these events, and uh, he's uh, he also goes uh, he goes by Video Game Music for All uh yeah. and uh, mode seven yep mode seven. i was just mentioning that yeah and so uh i mean if you guys can collab at some point that'd be dope yeah we were uh hoping to do something and they mm-hmm. also go by dj geno boost yep. i remembered that's him yeah mm-hmm. but uh yeah i was supposed to play an anime con with them but i had a bunch of people coming from out of town but i've gone to a few of their shows to say like hey dude good to see you because we've like talked over the internet for like years and mm-hmm. then now we kind of like live closest to each other so it's like yeah. See, so, yeah, I'm, I'm. We're all. We know each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small sure. world, dude. It's a small it's world. It's a small world. Yeah. <laughs> cool, dude. Uh, so, what's next? What's next with you? Um, uh, is there another Christian nostalgia event coming up? Yeah. So the next one is we're working on the flyer for it right now, June 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think after June 24th, we have July 22nd, and then we have August. I think 26th. I, I, you know. Okay. So you once a month. Come to any of them. Yeah, once a month we got a residency. So I, we, the first one did so good. They were like, "Do you want to do more?" We we're like, yeah. Oh, "Yeah." So like, let's just get one every month. And I was like, "Cool." So, yeah, that's really dope, man. Well, I wanted to play the other song that you um, that you brought forth here from uh, Groovy Kaiju. This one's called "Take Me Ban Take Me Back to Shinjuku." Yes. Oh, wait, wait. 
That's groovy, man. That's groovy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am ready to dance. Is that you on vocals there, or uh, who is that? It's from a sample. I got uh, the sample from Tracklib. It's this person named Al Narigba. They're like a Hawaiian disco artist. Okay. Um, funnily enough, though, because I got the sample through Tracklib, there's a, the record label still exists to this day. And uh, they actually sell my record in their like, label-owned record store because they were like, dude, you flipped this so good. And I was like, oh, thank you. So, yeah. Tight. So I got got props from the original artist and everything. And so. that's off your album called Destroy All Monsters, which is, you know, uh, yeah. a, a mm-hmm. nice little uh, little uh, wink to uh, to the Kaiju universe there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Well, um, let's see here. Uh, you've performed that uh, at the venue we've been talking about here. But uh, any any ideas of playing with other venues, maybe making some relationships throughout L.A. or outside of L.A.? Um, so right now we've been talking about Crystal stuff just because it's going good. And the second show, I mean, we sold that one out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Memorial Day, the numbers slumped a little bit, it looked like, or at least in terms of like the the pre-sale, like so last time pre-sale sold out the day before, this yeah. time it sold out like day of. So we're going to stick there for a little bit. And honestly, running a show is so much work, dude. I don't even think I have time or mental <laughs> brain space to even consider you need like, a team. moving. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, at least in LA, we're going to stay there for, you know, who knows how long, but once maybe, I don't know, we'll talk to the venue. We'll figure it out. Especially because they're starting to like, I don't know. They, they're like, we love you guys. <laughs> it's been going good. Yeah. Uh, but in terms for me, I've been trying to play like all hell breaks loops, Tyler. I think they're in Dallas right now doing like an anime convention 
doing visuals and stuff. Uh-huh. And then for me, I have a good relationship with the folks in Phoenix. They play at places like Thunderbird Lounge out in Phoenix. So I play there maybe maybe like once every other season or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, used, I used to play the show in Seattle before, and I have buddies in New York. I will see. I don't know. It's just shows come and go. It all depends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we started off uh, the interview by, well, you did at least, by talking about how the the genre has become what it has become throughout the years. And where do you see the genre going to from here? Because people are very innovative with what you guys are doing right now. With the new technologies, even with like AI being what it is right now, what's it, what it's becoming, what do you, you think is going to go down? Yeah, um, that's a very interesting question. Uh, at least the genre right now, I think, is bigger than people, most people realize. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting because it's, it's not, the, the genre is like, you know, to your point, so fun and groovy it's easy to sell anyone of like, you should check out this future funk show because mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun time. And they go and they have a fun time. So like, yeah. even if they aren't like a future funk fan, they're like, Oh, this is cool. We'll go check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of that, I think there is a lot of space for it to grow in the live scene. Um, and then to your point about like the way it's produced and like AI and stuff, I think personally, I think there's going to hit a point where AI gets good enough to just generate samples. And then people are going to go ahead and do that. I don't think, Personally, at least, I don't think AI music will really blow up because right now it's novel. So, like, yeah. the Drake AI songs blew up just because it was made with AI. Right. But when everyone can do it, what's the story? You made it with AI like everyone else. Like, people, yeah. I think music is, it, the music itself is just as important as the story and the context around it. Yeah. So, I, I always say when everybody has superpowers, nobody has superpowers. Yeah. You there know? you go. Yeah. So yeah. just one of those things. But uh, very cool, dude. Well, we expect, at least I do, now that I've been turned on to what you've been up to, um, we I expect to go check out your shows uh, yeah, coming up you. here. Um, I hope that a lot of our listeners do too. Um, now, before we close this out, please tell everybody where they can find you, websites, Instagram, whatever. Throw it yeah, out. Yeah, so... Honestly, best way to find me with all my links is groovykaiju.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for Crystal Nostalgia, just crystalnostalgia.com. It'll take you to each respective link tree, and I have a link to everything on there. So it's easy to remember. Very cool. <laughs> and and, and yeah. the link tree can take you to Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon all Music, all that good stuff. So check them yep. out, man. If you are feeling a little, even just a little bit groovy, uh, even if <laughs> yeah. you have just a small handful of shrooms, I mean, just, you know, whatever puts you in that vibe, please go check out uh, Aaron Turner's uh, music here, Kristen Nostalgia, all that good stuff. And uh, and yeah, man, thank you for being on the show. This was a, this was a slice of heaven. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Right on, brother. Thank you. All right. Well, that was... That was a good conversation there with Aaron Turner, man. Real talented dude, real nice guy. I'm going to go check out that next show that he has over in uh, Little Tokyo. Oh, yeah, at the high tide. Yeah, man. Uh, and that's the show, man. That's uh, Come on back next week. We're going to be doing this this bullshit all over again. I wanted to just point out a couple things with the Fallen Electric. Um, for everybody who was looking forward to seeing us over at Brewery X on uh, on the 3rd, man, that, that got canceled, unfortunately. That was a, that was a unfortunate and tragic situation in our drummer's family, uh, and he and we just couldn't play uh, that day. But we're going to hope to get that one rescheduled. Uh, our next show is going to be coming up on June 10th over at Blarney Stone in Fountain Valley, California. We're going to be playing from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. And the Fallen Electric, uh, we're going to be over at uh, the Canyon Inn in Yorba Linda, California on June 24th. That one's from 9.30 to 1.30 a.m. 
Uh, we're got, we got we're building a new set list. So if if you haven't seen us, it's going to be exciting. If you've already seen us, it's likely going to be a whole new show. So it's going to be uh, exciting to share what we've been working on for the last few months. And uh, and I'm and I'm excited. So come out and check us out, thefallenelectric.com or at thefallenelectric on your socials. But that's gonna do it, man. That's gonna yeah, do it for this show. one here. Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary to the Fubar Show. Pour one out. Uh, punch a Nazi. Um, <laughs> and don't be a dick, huh? How about that? Uh, so are we good here, Steph? Well, good. we're good. We're all right, good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all so very much for listening into the Food Bar Show. And a special thanks to you, Foos, who subscribe, rate, review, and share the pod with your fellow Foos. Remember to pick up some swag at foobarshow.com. That's F-O-O-Barshow.com. And follow F-O-O-Barshow on all of our socials. And we'll fill it up like a couple of Foos. I've been Josie. And I'm Steph. Signing off for Aaron Turner. Saying, don't be a Fuck, man. Thank you, guys.